everybody, this is John with Out of Character. Uh, it's been a while since I've done any GM tips kind of episodes of the podcast, so I wanted to get back to that. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about something that's kind of like one of the iconic th- parts of Dungeons & Dragons. That is going to be the alignment system. For those who don't know, the alignment system was something that they came up with back in the olden days of the original Dungeons & Dragons. Um, basically, you had characters and deities and NPCs who were all divided by this uh, overriding good-to-bad slider and sliding scale rule. On the one end of the spectrum, you have characters who are lawful good, uh, who are, you know... They're going to stick to the letter of the law and do exactly what the law says. And then you have characters at the other end of the spectrum who would be like chaotic evil, who are just murder hobos. They just do whatever pops into their head. They're like the Joker. The reason I want to talk about that is it's something that's kind of... Dungeons & Dragons has changed a lot over the years, but that that mechanic is stuck around, and it comes up in a lot of games uh, and... It's something that I think warrants at least one episode to talk about. So, as a rule, um, I am not a huge fan of the alignment system as a uh, as a way to determine a character's actions. I think that it was an idea that someone had that, you know, for, for certain things it makes sense. For, like, deities and stuff like that, sure, it makes sense to say a deity's lawful good, but I feel like Deities in most of these fantasy settings are an extreme iteration of whatever domain or aspect they are representing. You know, you in, in most settings, you're going to have, like, at least one god of war. Usually there's two. There's, like, the good or less bad god of war, and then there's, like, the evil god of war. Um, one represents, you know, like, war to protect your home and... You know, that kind of thing. And the other represents war to just conquer and destroy. And it's basically like Ares versus Athena. Athena is more like the goddess of the, the, the craft and, like, strategy of war. Whereas Ares is like, you know, kill it with fire and then march on to the next thing that you will then kill with fire. Um, but for, for, for player characters and NPCs... They're, they're gonna be more varied than that. Like, to, to just take all of their morality and boil it down to you are good or you are bad and you are this many degrees of good or bad is really, I, I feel like it does a disservice to characters and to players. Um, I guess it can be a helpful tool for, like, figuring out those first few, like, my character is lawful good, so they wouldn't go along with torturing this prisoner to get information. And that's one of the things that brings up, that, that, that kind of like comes up a lot in games, is you have the alignment debate. Um, if you haven't been listening to the podcast, we just had an episode of Lamplighters where in most groups, I think a morality debate would have broken out. Luckily, I have a really good group. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't listened to the latest episode of Lamplighters, but if you haven't, Go check it out, because right at the end, there's a great quandary that comes up that does kind of represent, like, 
where a morality debate would crop up in most cases. So what's a morality debate? What's an alignment debate? Basically, that's when either the GM and one or more players start saying, well, your character would or would not do this because they're such and such alignment. This comes up a lot for characters who are, you know, good, because they'll say, like, well, my character wouldn't do insert thing here, or your character wouldn't do allow this to happen because they're lawful good. If your character is a lawful good servant of Bahamut, then they are not likely to say, yes, we will torch this village to, you know, prevent it from falling into the hands of the the approaching enemy army. Or they might. It might maybe that's the the inter, the interpretation of that particular deity. I don't know, but it's it's stuff like that, like moral questions of like you know your king orders you to okay in uh, Justice League Unlimited. There's the uh, episode where we see that you know uh, the the lesser known heroes at a parade and they're all fighting General Island, who's been super powered up, and uh, they talk about how. Uh, Shiny Knight talks about how King Arthur ordered him to lay a village to waste, and he chose not to do it because he didn't believe that his king would give him an order like that. So, and, you know, to, to kill everyone in the village. And General Island's like, well, then you're a terrible soldier. <laughs> he just kind of talks about, like, morality, and it's a great thing of, if I had been wrong, I would have, like, left my sword and, you know, gone into exile and disgrace. He, you know, King Arthur thanked him for sticking to what he thought was right and, you know, for sparing those people. So that's an example of, like, kind of like a morality, uh, an alignment debate kind of thing that comes up. Um, it, it really does just kind of devolve quickly. Uh, and it kind of also limits players, I think. Um, a lot of people will not play paladins or clerics of certain deities because that deity's lawful good. And the joke goes that he's lawful stupid. He won't let anything... He won't let us do anything. Uh, if you ever saw the... Um, if you haven't seen it, The Gamer's Dorkness Rising is this film that was created uh, about a tabletop campaign Um the Gamers series are all good, so go check them out. But that was, I think, one of their... The, the, the best one, in my opinion, is Darkness Rising. And the GM is in, has this group of players who like to kill things, like cabbage farmers. And uh, just, you know, burn and destroy this world that he's trying to create. And in an effort to try to stem the blood flow, he gives them an NPC in the form of a lawful good paladin. And, uh, don't do that if you're a, uh, don't, don't do that if you're a GM. Don't, don't try to steer the party by giving them an NPC to control their actions. That's not a good idea. But, um, <laughs> but, and they all just kind of like groan and go like, oh no, he's lawful stupid. And like throughout the course of the game, they come up with ways to kind of like trick him or get him out of the way to do what they want to do. And it's a funny running joke. And that whole series is, is a lighthearted look gaming and you know it's an it's an awesome series please don't think i have anything bad to say about the gamers it's great and i own them all and kickstart a lot of what they do um but i love that show so uh and their series so check them out if you get a chance but it kind of 
it's sad to say, like, you really like this class, but you don't want the party to just kind of, like, shut down on you and be like, well, we don't want a paladin because then you're not going to let us do what we want to do. It also kind of, like, stigmatizes characters that are on the other end of that spectrum, where you have characters who are, like, less reputable, like, uh, you know... A character that is like, yeah, I'm not a nice person. I, you know, I believe that the laws exist to help me do what I want to do and to advance my career or my power. Uh, I'm not going to kill you just for the sake of killing you, but if we get in a situation where it's my life or yours, it's going to be my life. Now, that is probably going to be a lot. What would, in the alignment system, would be like a lawful evil character. Um... That's probably the most common thing you're going to see in a game is a lawful evil character because that's kind of the clear set of that alignment and, like, it's the easiest one to work into a group of adventurers who hopefully are doing good things. Unless you're doing an evil campaign or listening to an evil campaign, then you'll see probably mostly chaotic people who just want to shove everyone out of a window or burn down everything they see. Um, Now, don't get me wrong. Again, I think that if alignment is in question, you should always talk to your GM and say, like, my character is not a nice person. He's done terrible things, uh, you know, and he will do them again if it suits him. Um, if your GM says, you know, yeah, I trust you. You're a good player. Play that, you know, to, to play whatever character you want to play. Absolutely. If your GM's like, yeah, this is that that really isn't going to jive with this group. Maybe save that one for something else. Um don't spring the lawful evil character on the GM and the and the party because it can really kind of throw throw things off. The reason I say that is again all all evidence to the uh, all evidence to the contrary. The assumption usually in most games is that your characters are trying to help people. Yeah, they might be a lot of property damage, but they're usually supposed to be you know trying to better the world. Unless you're doing an evil campaign, which then they may be trying to help the world for a percentage of the world when they're done. Um, I don't know. Alignment systems just bother me because I don't feel they add anything to the experience. I feel like it's an arbitrary set of rules that a certain group of people came up with at one point and a certain group of people have continued to modify and change and shift around a bit. Uh, I think morality is not something that you can put a mechanic to, you know, and I think that any character should be capable of any of the range of action, of, of the range of moral decisions, you know. I don't think that saying, like, well, your character's neutral good, so they would not take this action... I, I feel like at that point, the, the game is determining what your character would do, and I don't think that's the way it, it's best played. I think that it should be a... I think that adding moral questions to a game of Dungeons & Dragons can always be great, because it does kind of put that the the players in the situation of, like, you can't just punch this problem and make it go away. You have to make a decision, you know, Um the airship that they are on is, is, you know, damaged. They were fighting a dragon. It's going down. You can, you know, stay aboard and steer it off into the ocean and you will all or most of you will almost certainly die. Or you can, you know, jump off and 
let this thing crash where it will. It, there's populated areas. Maybe it'll crash into the city. You don't know. You know, one one character might say, I'll stay and try to steer it. And, you know, or they might be like, we're not going to leave our friend. We're all going to, you know, live or die. We're all going to do it together. I don't know. I'm just trying to give an example of a, the kind of moral alignment issues that might crop up. But um, me personally, if you're new to gaming, the only time I really think looking at alignment is worth doing is when it comes to deities. Because I do think that deities, again, because they're not people, they're, they're extreme aspects of, like, the forces that guide the universe. You know, nature is neutral, usually. But there's usually like, you know, oh, there's a law, there's like a, a chaotic good na- nature deity, or there's like a chaotic evil nature deity. Whatever, you know, they, whatever realm they fall into, it can be helpful, especially if you're not world building your own setting and you're working with other people's creations. It's helpful for you to understand like how all these pieces fit together. Um, of all the settings, the one that I think did the most Interesting stuff with alignments was always Dragonlance. Uh, I think Dragonlance did a lot, did the best version of how the alignment systems work because in that universe you had the, uh, the or the, the, the high sorcerers who they were divided up into, they were one order, but they were divided into three groups. You had the white robes who were in the service of a, of the, of a good god who were, devoted to magic to help and protect people. Then you had the red robes who were neutral and they could kind of go either way. They, they stuck very much to the middle of the road when it came to alignment. And then you had the black robes who were the, in the service of an evil God. And they basically would use magic to melt your face and take your stuff. Um, generally speaking, they were almost always the bad guys, but they were all kind of like, they all had a purpose together. They were all in the service of magic and, you know, you'd have white robes and black robes who would help each other, and they were all part of the same order. Um, especially the later books. I mean, like, really, like, if you look at, like, the later books, like, after the, like, the War of Souls, and, or after the War of Souls, even, uh, the War of the Lance books, all that stuff, a lot, you can, like, see, and it, I think that just worked out because those books were kind of spawned from a Dungeons and Dragons campaign in a lot of ways. Like the characters in the War of the Lance that we see are characters that people actually played. So it makes sense that it would kind of feel the most like a Dungeons and Dragons game. And you have everything in there. You have a lawful good character would be like Sturm Brightblade, who is, you know, a knight. He's, you know, very like blustery and like my honor, my sword. And then you have, you know, Tasselhoff, who is a kender or halfling, if you're, you know, not one, if you want to be sued, who is, uh, definitely chaotic good. You know, he would never go out of his way to hurt anyone. He, he generally wants to help, but chaos ensues as it will with kender. Um, if you want to look at kind of like maybe how you can handle a group of characters that run that course of alignments, um, check out the War of the Lance. Uh, you may, I, I love the, the, the Dragonlance books by and large. Most of them I think are pretty good. Um, even a, a flip to the, um, if you look in the, the back of like the player's handbook and the Dungeon Master Guide where they're talking in the fifth edition D&D where they're talking about 
the gods and the realms and all that stuff. It gives you a breakdown of the deities and how they work together for Dragonlance. I do think that's the best version of an idea that I think we should have just let go of. Um, I don't think it's worth saying to, like, your character is lawful good. It doesn't really add anything to the character. It's just kind of like you're, you're putting a restraint on the character that doesn't need to be there, and I think it hinders them from developing and being more interesting. Um, but that's just my opinion. If you like the alignment system or you think it's interesting, you know, that's, that's how you feel about it. Me, personally, I think it's more interesting to let players kind of answer those questions themselves rather than saying you have a static alignment that says what you're, where you're going to fall in, in, in this situation. Um, that's not how I think, uh, most players work. I don't think that's how most characters work, but that's just me. So that's basically all I really have to say about the alignment system. I think it's something that it was an idea and I think maybe for most games, you know, glance it over, look at it, use it. If you're like, oh, you're a cleric, you, you're, this is what your deity's like, and then just kind of put it in a drawer and play your game and have fun. Um, we'll have more stuff for you all soon. We've got a lot of good episodes coming. We have a lot of The War of Darkness, which Jessica has been GMing for us. So we will be posting those episodes soon so you'll get some more actual play stuff and i look forward to sharing that with you as soon as i can until next time everybody play more games and be safe and we will see you soon bye